Welcome back to the channel, everyone. Another great result for Celtic with 10 men and Rangers boot off the park. So, going right into that, uh, we had a big away day at Livingston on one of the most dodgy pitches in Scotland um, against a guy that really likes to beat Celtic, so... It was <laughs> probably, in my mind, honestly, I know Livingston haven't had the best start of the season, but I always look at this fixture as one of the sort of potential banana skins, if you like, of our campaign. And to go there, get, get an early sending off and still come out 3-0, you know, with a 3-0 victory, you kind of look at it and go, that's a good sign for me. I thought we really, not just not just in the result, but the performance I thought was a, was a real step up. Um, what did you think about Paul? I I think it, uh, the way the word I would use to describe it, even with ten men, is that we dominated, and it really looks like this group of players are now taking on Brendan's philosophy. And I think the hangover—I said this last week—but every week the hangover of losing Ange and losing that style and the fear of going back to a style that we had before and is, is this are we going to be able to do this? It just gets further and further away. Um, standout performances for me, Matt O'Reilly, outstanding again, Dyson Maida, I mean, they could have had a hat-trick, and uh, another shout-out to Liam Scales and Lager Bielka. I felt like the, the centre-half pairing are starting to really like find a, find a place, and, and uh, I am hoping that this is the making, specifically, like this period is the making, specifically of Liam Scales. Because I like the look of him, and I think he looks like a good guy as well. So I was really happy with the performance, like you just said. Livingston's a banana skin for Celtic, and to get through that um, convincingly, dominantly, and going down to ten men was just really pleasing for me. I don't think there's any debate about the red card. To be honest, I don't think we should really go into that. You know, no, I don't think it's like you say. There's no debate about it. For me, Hart should be higher up to be a myth. I feel like he doesn't, you know, like we, we, we Celtic have most of the ball. I just feel like we don't necessarily need to keep it to be that deep in his box all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, I'm, obviously, he was never you know, to anticipate all that, but I'm just saying if he's a couple of yards further forward, he gets there first. Yeah, I think so too. There was a, there was a ball held between him getting it and no getting it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the pitch helped him because when it bounced, it, it really, like, you've seen the momentum come right out of the ball as soon as it bounced and it let the striker get in front. Um, a couple of people I've seen saying, I would rather they equalised and we kept 11 men. I, I mean, with hindsight, I'm like, no, like, <laughs> he, he stopped the goal-scoring opportunity, we went down to 10 men and we still won 3-0, so I think, like, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Um, we're going to preview Motherwell um, on Saturday, like, soon. We'll talk about, like, the goalkeeping options. Um, but, uh, I, man, I, I was very happy with the performance and, and the scoreline. Touching on the individual performances, I want to kind of. I was thinking about Matt O'Reilly, right? And I really feel like it, what's happening with Matt O'Reilly. You can tell me if you disagree with this, right? But I, I, I feel like it really reminds me of what Rogers, very similar to what Rogers did with Ryan Christie. Um, Ryan Christie was somebody that was a good Celtic player, but he, he wasn't 
you know, Matt O'Reilly's done really well for us, right? But what I'm saying is that I felt like Rogers took Christie to a different level with his forward runs and his goal scoring ability for Celtic in, the, in his last sort of season that he was there. Yeah. Um, and he started to become a guy that was scoring a lot of goals for us. Now, Matt O'Reilly's been phenomenal for us, I believe, like really consistent, really good. But if you, the one kind of critique about Matt O'Reilly has been his sort of maybe a bit of lack of composure in front of goal, his lack of goal contributions from midfield and that has been noticeably he's been noticeably the guy he's getting in the box he's getting he's meeting the forward runs he's scoring the goals and I think that's a big difference I'm seeing to his game pre and post Rogers. Uh-huh. I agree with you um he was he was great under Ange but he seems to have went took a step up and, and took it to that next level um and I don't think like you're saying we've got to attribute that to Brendan Rogers. Um, he's done it with multiple players. So actually thinking about this during the week, um, when I, I heard Rogers talk about uh, Maida and saying like he's got all the energy and, and you know he contributes so much to the team, he puts so much into a game. But what we need to work on with him is like the technical football, you know what I mean? And I was actually thinking like I think he's get better. And he had played for Ange previously in Japan. He'd brought him over with him. He, he he didn't really develop him though. There wasn't any like you didn't see any clear development. Dyson Maida's always had a strong engine. He's always been a fit guy. He's always ran himself into the ground. But what I'm seeing with him is a bit of development, and I hope that continues because if that guy's for what I'd, I'd heard, technical football, and I'm doing air quotes, and I say that gets better. Like his actual football and ability gets better. I mean, that'll be a player and a half. Like, with that engine, with that determination, um, with that running, and actually adding to it a bit of composure, That I think that'd be frightening. Absolutely, mate. And I think that what's really great about it is this was the main positive about Rodgers coming in for me, was knowing that from his time at Celtic, his individual ability to improve players, you know, to, to coach a player and work on what they need to improve them, like, in the training ground, is is definitely for me is by far and away his his best strength as a coach. Yeah. He's, he's able to he's he's not he's constantly looking to improve individual players, but I think Andrew's more focused on the system than necessarily improving individual players, which which is why I think Rogers could Rogers could really help guys like Maeda, you know, O'Reilly, Hatati, you know, all these guys, and that was why you know when we were going through those bad twelves. The, co- the thing that you fall back on is knowing that this guy is a good coach, whether you like him or not. He's world-class. We would say that episodes ago when he got appointed, we've, we've got a world-class coach and he's proven that. I mean, I, I think that he's week by week proving his doubters wrong, really. Um, still a few people out there with the knives out for him, but uh, definitely no me. Like, definitely no me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm back on the Brendan train. For sure. Um, and seeing him at the end of the game, I think, you know, he's a great tactician. And I mean that both, he's proved that both, you know, like at Ibrooks recently, where he, he sucked him into a game plan. He did it, you know, he changed the he changed it up on Saturday when we went down to 10 men. He just knows what today. Like, I think that's one of the, the things with, with Rodgers is you, you've got confidence that he's got a plan in his head. Whether or no that plan comes off, excuse me whether or no that plan comes off 
is another thing, right? Mm. You know, that's that that was always my sort of fear, like, is this going to suit this team, blah, blah, blah. But he's definitely got a clear plan in his head and he knows how to execute it. So, um, but aye, he's, he's a good tactician and seeing that wee boy getting huckled by the, the security and him getting up and taking him away and stuff like that, I think he, he won a few hearts and minds on Saturday afternoon. Um, but I'm happy about that because we, we do need unity got some big games coming up and, and we do need like a united front at celtic so i i'm i'm, I'm quite happy with the way things are developing and specifically about last saturday for sure mate just to touch on my idea quick quickly i wanted to say that he one thing that i really noticed when we did when we went down to 10 men that guy was playing like three different positions at the same time man it was unbelievable the way that he I mean if you go to 10 men there's one guy you definitely want on the pitch that's dicing murder man the way that he can just cover every play of the grass or every good astrotuff in this case um, is just so is so every good team needs a player like that like see even the best teams in the world they need somebody that will just like you realise like you know like the like the difference between like Liverpool for example from last season, this season it's like just having that energy back yeah you know it's it's quality is important but having that engine in the modern game particularly I think like the way the football is now the, the pace of the game now having that engine is so priceless man absolutely I think he's he's became first name on the team sheet or set, maybe second name in the team sheet after Callum McGregor or maybe third after Callum McGregor and Joe Hart like, because we don't have many goalkeeping options but um, no like the guys he's improving week by week um, I think that clearly Brendan Rodgers is challenging these guys. You know, the the, the mainstays. Kyogo has been challenged to play a different sort of style of game. Seems that the fullbacks have been challenged. I think these guys like Taylor, Kyogo um, and Maida, like the first couple of weeks of the season looked way off it. And I think that they are all starting as this as the team starts to really get into a groove with this new manager and new system, they're all doing it at the same time. It's pleasing to watch. It seems to be going like momentum's a, a huge thing in any part, any facet of life. And I think that um Rogers spoke about the game and uh the first time that he was here in the game out in Gibraltar and that second game when we came back to Celtic Park and then qualifying for the Champions League and he's like it's important that when you get to the moments where you know backs against the wall how's this going to go that your team shows character and I think that we're showing it in spades so I hope we continue to improve and we've got a tough game coming up this weekend so will we go on to Rangers at, at Ibrooks against uh, um Motherwell, I mean, the, the team that we are playing this weekend. It's very promising that you say, and yes, because you just referenced how important momentum is in football. And I think that regardless of how good your team is, if the momentum is not going your way, it generally doesn't bode well. And for Rangers to have won a game, won a game 1-0 and got three points and still get booed off the park, like um, that doesn't look like a good sign to me. They're obviously not happy with the level of football being played, but I also don't want to dismiss the fact that Motherwell had a very good start to the season. Yeah, they look they look like a team. You know, that was it Stuart Capwell. Yeah, is it? Uh, he he has got them very well drilled, but also just playing some lovely football, man. And um, if I if I'm a Rangers fan, I, I'm I'm looking at that and going, 
why am I seeing a style, a identified style from the Motherwell manager? No, I didn't and a lack of style or identity <laughs> for the current sort of Rangers team. Mm. Uh-huh. I think that, uh, first of all, I don't know if I've ever witnessed a Celtic team get booed off the park after a 1-0. I've been to some terrible, terribles. I've seen some terrible Celtic teams over the years. You know, like, I, get, I first started going to football when Celtic were playing at Hamden and anybody that remembers that in the mid-90s will know, like, it was dross. Um... John Barnes's team, you know, like uh, even like watching some of the Stratton teams try to play football and and you know like Lenny throwing hammers. So I've seen some terrible Celtic performances, but I don't think I've ever seen a Celtic team get booed off at Celtic Park having just won one now against, like you said, probably the first best te- third best team in the country. Um, but when I watched the game back. I understood why they booed. I mean, it was the worst victory I think I've ever witnessed. One of the worst like performances I've ever seen a team. They got so lucky. Um, and like you just said there, Bill has got absolutely... It looks like there's zero tactics. It looks kind of like throwing shit at the wall and hoping that something sticks. He's putting a team out in the park and he's hoping that the individuals that are on the park are going to win him a game rather than having... Like we were just talking about five minutes ago, Rogers has got a clear plan. If we go down to 10 men, here's exactly what we're going to do. They drill these things in training. It doesn't look like Rangers are doing that. They literally look like they're getting onto a park Monday to Friday, kicking the ball about, right, here we go, turn up on the Saturday and we're going to win. And if they continue to do that, now they won 4 0 midweek, but they still didn't look great for a good hour of that game. If they continue to do that, I don't think that the results will keep going their way. I think the luck will run out because they got very lucky on Saturday. Very, very lucky. I mean, Dessers didn't really know much about the goal. It just, it was a calamity. Really was a calamity. The fact that they were taking it to the corner as well, man, like that's, I mean, hoping Motherwell. I mean, like, I know Motherwell are playing well and stuff like that, but there's no other way of saying it that's just embarrassing man like, like on I think on one I agree with you it is embarrassing would I want to see a Celtic team take the ball into the corner when they're winning 1-0 against Motherwell at Celtic Park absolutely not but if needs must mm. like what I was going to say about the Motherwell thing um, they played great on Saturday they get nothing but with that listen, this is the thing that's interesting is that is that it's like okay I talked to you one of the videos we've done recently, I was saying that if you win every game one nil, like nobody's going to look back and care about what the performance was like. And at the end of the day, that's four games you've played, four wins, four clean sheets, and you're kind of looking at it going, yes, there's maybe a lack of identity for the style, but if I'm going to try and play the other advocate, but I would say that the, this is a whole new team, and I know that Ange came in and did it with Celtic and all that, but like. It's a whole new team. Yeah. Look at what Ange's done with Tottenham. Yeah, he's Ange, special. Ange's a special a special manager. Bill's not a special manager. Like, Bill wouldn't no. be able to go down and take a, a, a wavering English Premier League team and get guys that have not been able to kick their own arse for the last two seasons and, and put them on and, and you're like, wow, he's, he's even turning this around. So like, I, to, to that point, like, Ange's a special Mm-hmm. special manager you know well, and Bill Beal, Beal is not he's, he's, a, he's a relatively new manager so so you know it was always going to take time for the guy and and maybe maybe 
is a matter of letting them gel, but I think the concern from a Rangers point of view is that lack of identity. It's a lack of what is the plan because the whole idea of I remember watching Celtic under Gordon Strachan and I always kind of felt like we were, there was a lot of games where you were relying on a Nakamura free kick or a bit, or a bit of magic here and there. And football was more, I feel like foot, when we talk about the evolution of football, it was more like that back then, where where you, where you could you could more often than not, when not have as much of a style, hit a long ball, 4-4-2, win a game with a, bit, a free kick or a bit of magic. But football doesn't really look at, like that anymore. Like, Especially if you're competing against a manager like Brendan Rodgers, you're not going to, like, you don't win a league without a style of play. That's, I think that's something that Ange directly showed when he was here. And Rodgers had also showed with the, with the trebles that he's won before. So when you're looking at Bill, you know, it kind of feels like is is it's a matter of time. Well, I think like that's the, this is the big problem. Like, if anybody was to say why are they booing, you know, and, and I heard other Rangers fans saying that like disgraceful booing the team off the park. The fact I think the matter of the fact is is that the guys that are in the stadium watching it go week in week out know they're go they're not going to win a league. Like they need to get like what we're saying they're. You know, beating Livingston 4 0 at home is that scraping through a game? No, it's not. But they go 1 0 up on a blatant foul and then they toil mm. for another like 45 minutes after that before they go 2 0 up. And then obviously the pressure's off, right? And this has been the this has been the criticism of this Rangers team for a long time. I think since they came back for Warburton, Kashia. Even Gerald, outside of the COVID season, they are not mentally good at dealing with being in front of that Ibrooks crowd, which is a toxic support, in my yeah. opinion. Who the second they see any sort of like sign that they're not going to win a game, they turn on their team. The amount of times that I see the same guys talking up James Tavernier for scoring away goals in Europe, which you hope that, I mean, the amount of goals that that guy contributions and what he's contributed to that team over the last decade. I mean, I think it's crazy that there's guys out there that are like, he's a serial loser and he's no a captain. And you're like, are you serious? He's been your best player for 10 years. That's how toxic that support is. They can't, it's like failure is unacceptable, but unfortunately over the last decade, since this incarnation in 2012, like, He's have failed. He's have failed miserably as far as it comes with winning Scottish Premier Leagues. He's have won one out of the last, what have they competed? Maybe the last eight. So I think this support for me, if I take my sort of Celtic hat off, need to accept the fact that they're second best. I think that there was an acceptance with the Celtic, parts of the Celtic support under guys like Tommy Burns. We can see this is going in the right direction. We didn't win a league with the guy, but we were happy because we could see things improving. But I just... that's that. This is what I think that the reason why they're so discontent with Michael Beale was they don't see any improvement. There's no marked improvement. They've got rid of guys... We're repeating ourselves. They've got rid of guys who were of a certain standard and they've signed guys who seem to be so far at a lower standard to the guys like who's the better player at Odessa's and Morelos I think Morelos is a way better player he's going to be way more consistent he's going to score way more goals just on the, the evidence of what we've seen and I think that's the same across the front three so it, 
there's a there's a lot at play at Rangers. There's a lot of reasons why they feel the way that they feel. But I think ultimately, like for them to have any chance going forward and in the future, that immediate success that they're hoping for, I don't think is going to happen. It doesn't seem to be happening for them. And yeah. I think that the fact that we sat in here as a support and were and I think in general, Angie's first season, we had accepted the fact that we were only going to win that league and we won it. So there's like a weird sort of paradox there, but they need to take the pressure off that squad. They need to go and support them. They need to support their manager. What The 29th of September, the league started four or five weeks ago and they're already like, who's going to replace Bill? It's ludicrous to me. It feels like lunacy. And, and from a Celtic supporter's point of view, let it continue. <laughs> like, because it'll only go one way. Like, I hope it keeps going like that. And the thing is, as well, like, that as much as that, it's a bleak picture, but it is the reality of what's happening. And and you're looking at it and going, well, you know, with, with Bill, like, with us, when you're talking about that, the, the, the booing and the sort, of, the sort of panic that's setting in a wee bit with it, it's not just about this season because they go, you know, if we keep this guy on and he gets another season, we, we're just in store for more of the same. And then you end up going, you know, it's that whole idea of that snap reaction. In modern day football, for any for any Scottish club, with the way that the finances go, it's not sustainable because you're looking at, you know, if you if you if you're going through another rebuild, you're maybe looking at another season when you miss out in the Champions League again. Which gives us another chance to go twenty more twenty million pounds more ahead of them again, which makes it even harder for you to go over this. You know what I mean? So it's like you're constantly falling. It's not like it. It's not like the gaps is the same. You're constantly falling further behind because we're getting more money as we as we succeed and they don't. So the, there's this way of being like, yeah, we're patient, but the fact the the, the fact that. Like it'd be, it'd be different if we could sit here and say, right, he's, he's developing a team where they may not win the league next season, but they could win it next season. And that's what I think that's what Celtic fans felt behind is, yeah, we probably won't win it this season, but we could win it next season. Yeah, we could see exactly what he was trying to do and we liked what we've seen for what he was trying to do. And we were willing to give him a year or two to try and build that. Gerard's kind of made the blueprint for them. Uh, yeah, that that can I just that that's exactly what I was going to say. Like this whole thing that's when we talk about Bill, Rangers fans really need to remember that they were clamoring for this guy. The board didn't appoint Bill because he was the first on their list. They appointed Bill because the fans wanted him. The fans made Bill happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like the board appointed Bill to appease the fans and the fans demanded him. You, you demanded the guy, the guy's been back with millions of pounds. Now you need to back him. You, you, you've, made, you've made your bed lying it. You, uh -huh. you need to hold your nerve. Aye. You really need to hold your nerve. Like you, you need to exact. You, you couldn't have put it any. I couldn't. I couldn't have put it any better myself, mate. Really, what you just said there. And Gerard, like, was the blueprint. He built a team. He inherited Pedro Casillas' team. He built a team around what he's seen was there, and it took them three years. And I think, like, every rebuild. Again, we, we come back to what we said. Ange was special. He had so many things that went right for us that season. 
he had insight into a market that nobody else in Europe was tapping into. We get guys like Kyogo for with three and a half million quid. Dyson Maida was two hundred and fifty k. Like Riho Hatati cost us like a couple of million quid. Like that's not normal. And I think that. I hate to say, you know, like, I don't like the look of Michael Beale's face. I don't like the way he talks. He's, he's, he definitely opens his mouth and lets his belly rumble. Um, he, he's full of cliches. Like, he's just no my type of guy. If I was a Rangers supporter, I would just, but I don't like him. Don't like him as a manager. But I feel bad for him because he's being compared to a special manager. A guy who is going, who's went and so far is doing it at the top level. And... I feel like that's a that's a bad comparison. And like you said, they were desperate for him. They were desperate to get rid of Van Bronckhorst and desperate to get Michael Beale in. And I hate to say it, but it is a bit of a we told you so. Because we're like, this guy's getting the experience and he's coming into a huge club with an expectation that isn't really anywhere else outside of the top four in English Premier League and maybe the top two in Spain. Um, so... I kind of am starting to feel kind of bad for him, but then every time I hear an interview, I stop feeling bad for him because he's talking about, you know, how many touches they're having in the opposition half and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like Lenny, well, it's just like Neil Lennon and Sanity uh -huh. all over again, you know? Well, that's the thing is, his inexperience has made, it, has made it worse for himself when it comes to the media as well because all throughout the last season, like seeing the end of the last season, how many times do you hear this guy say, I can't wait for the summer. I can't wait for us to do it. Like... Like he kept saying, wait till you see his next season, wait till you see his after the summer. I'm like, I kept hearing him say things like, oh, you know, it's going to be a really exciting summer for the fans. We're going to rebuild this team. We're going to be ready to go. He was the one saying that. He didn't need to say that. He could have, he, he, it showed, it showed his lack of experience that he was already hyping up the fans. He was selling them a dream that, that was going to take time. And he never said that. He never said once that it was going to take time. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and it, we'll, we'll move on to our predictions because I think we've spent enough time um, talking about Rangers. <laughs> but there was an interview with Mark Warburton that I watched and he said that the the day that they started this, the league campaign um, in 2016, 2017, when they, they first came up for the championship, said he walked out that tunnel on the first day and he seen we're going for 55 and he's like, my heart sank because I just knew, like, uh-oh, like, too, that, too much expectation for a team that have just been promoted. And like you're saying there, duties and experience, Bill has invited that onto himself. So like the fans, he's going to need to lie in his bed. Um, if I was to make a, a, a prediction, not about the weekend, but about how this is go, I reckon he'll still be here. I think that... He's getting results. If he keeps getting results, I don't think they'll sack him. I don't think that the board in their right mind could sack a guy based on them winning games but not playing well. I think that, that again, it would be crazy if they did that. Um, if the media is to be believed, they've already tried to get another couple of people um, to take the job and they've been turned down. So um, I think they would. it would need to get very desperate for them to sack him. I don't think they'll do it. I so think that would be my prediction on it. I think if he doesn't win the League Cup, he'll go. He needs to, he needs to win the League Cup. I think he will win the League Cup, though. I think, <laughs> I think, I think he will, he will but, but also, like, 
it's not it's just not a guarantee though is it you know because no definitely not how many cups did Jera get knocked out in the semi-final with no 100% it's definitely not guaranteed but I think he'll do it Um, so but yeah I think like it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and at the end of the day he is getting the results so moving on to the predictions for the weekend coming up Celtic obviously have a big week ahead with uh, Motherwell away and then also the Champions League midweek I feel like Motherwell away is a great game for us to prepare for the Champions League in the sense of the form that they're in. And they have a good pitch too. They have a good pitch mm-hmm. where we can play good football and we're playing against a team that are in good form. I'm not I'm not by any means saying that Motherwell are the same level as Lazio, right? <laughs> I'm just meaning that they'll go, they're going to give us a good game. They're going to play expansive football and give us a good game. And I think that bodes well for us going into uh, midweek and also playing a pitch that isn't that is less you know, inclined to have injuries and stuff, which is positive. It will be a really tough game, though, and I'm curious to see if we go out and beat you know, comfortably beat Motherwell away. I'm I'm looking at that going. That's a big statement. So that will be interesting to see. What do you think the score will be in that game, Paul? Well, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough test. We're also starting probably with Scott Bain um, because it seems like he's been the number two. That does not fill me with confidence. Um, I'm not a Scott Bain fan. Uh, what happened to the guy that was sent from Dundee United? Um, he's still there. I thought he was... Was he not... Because I thought he was quite... De- he, when he was at Dundee United, he was quite decent. He, he's, play, he's played well for his yeah, own. I think it's been said many times, and it? it's different playing for any other team in Scotland than it is playing for Celtic or Rangers. Like mm-hmm. You're expected to play football for one, like be able to pass the ball, and uh, you're, you're also doing nothing for probably mm-hmm. like... 80 minutes and 90 minutes and there's like a 10 minute period where you're going to be active so I don't know what's happened to him um, you know I, I I trust the process enough and I trust the people at Celtic enough to know that if he was good enough he'd be on the park but Scott Bain does not fill me with confidence um, the tail end of last season when he got a couple of games he was horrific specifically Easter Road um, I don't think he looked great when he came on on Saturday either um, there was a couple of bomb scare moments so um, for Park's never a fun place to go I mean I think we were 3-0 down or 2-0 down there at one time under Rodgers and came back and won the game 4-3 but the way that we are playing the dominance, the composure that we're showing I think if I was to 3-1 I'll go with 3-1 Celtic what about you, would you think the score will be? Interesting you said that because I was going between 3-2, or 3-1 or 2-1 um, I think that Given a bit, given a bit of respect to Motherwell, I think it will be two one because uh, I do think I can see a world where they pick up points in this game, um, and it's, and I think that it's going to be hard for us. So I I reckon that it will be a tight game and we'll just kind of we'll, we'll edge it hopefully, but I do think that being being is a concern because it's just not quite at the level that we need we need it to be, and also you know, but I'm really. I think it's good how Atati, you know, like get a chance to get hopefully going into the Champions League game and can go into it a bit more sharp and make yeah, it go. That's sharp. Yeah. Yeah. No and also Lazio not doing too well either. So Lazio have had a horrible start to the season, but it's Lazio at Celtic Park. So, you mm. know, I'm just like, let's forget that form goes out the windy. But um I think for, for the I I I, I mean the three one 
if we go, how's that three one going to go? I think it'll be tight. Mm. I don't think it'll be like we're three nothing up and they get a consolation goal. I think you know it'll be a tight game. So hope we're on it. Looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see what happens. So it's a cliche, but I think the, it's a cliche thing to say. But the first goal is going to be so important. Hundred percent, mate. Right. that game. Rangers have got a big game at Ibrox. Got Aberdeen at Ibrox. That's a. It's kind of like Livingston for us. Rangers, Aberdeen, banana skin, history, everything there. You know. Um, what do you think? What's your thoughts on the game? Well, I actually think Aberdeen. I know they've had a really poor start to the league season, but I think Europe has a big part to play in that. Um, and and there's the fact that they don't they've had the qualifiers and they don't necessarily necessarily have the squad to to you know handle that. But they have on paper they have probably the best level of quality of a squad with Celtic Rangers. So you know they've got a lot of players that can cause problems. I I really like that pen they've got with that. Um, was it? Uh, oh, I can't pronounce his name because M Miosikos. Something like that, some sort of striker. I can't pronounce it. I can see it in my head, but mm -hmm. I can't pronounce it. So they got, they got a couple of strikers that are really quite fast and can cause them problems. They've not been in good form, but I think now with the kind of qualifiers and stuff out of the way, uh, and they've just beat, they've not just beat Ross County 3 0 pretty convincingly as well. So they'll be going into this with a bit more of a, and maybe potentially just see it if he hit. Like, because Barry Robson, you know, he, he knows pressure of this situation he'll know exactly the kind of pressure that Michael Beale's under and he'll be saying to them let's get the crowd on their back you know what I mean yeah so 100%. he's got arguably more experience to do with that actual fixture uh -huh. potentially uh, uh, yeah and and I'm sure like you know Davy Martindale you're talking about loves to beat Celtic I'm sure Barry Robson would love to beat Rangers at Ibrox um, score wise <sighs> I hate, I hate to say it, but I think they'll probably win 2-0. Yeah. Um, Rangers will win. I, I would go for, if you were to go put a bet, you need to put your mortgage on, which is 2-0 with Rangers. I think it'll be, I honestly think it's a one-goal game. And I think it'll go 1-0 to Rangers, but I, I, I believe it'll, I could go, it could really go 1-0 either way. Because I feel like a lot of their games just feel tight the now. And everything's on an knife edge. And I do think they'll get the result and be 1-0, but I don't, think it'll they'll be able to score more than that and I just see it being a situation where take game who's going to you know first goal is the winner type of situation um, I could be wrong on that because it could, it's always one of those situations when when they're not doing too well that this generally speaking if Bale is going to upturn this situation these are the kind of times where you come out and see them beat a team 4-5-0 and you go whoa didn't see that coming yeah so it'd be interesting to see if he if they can kind of pull it out of the bag but i would say one nil rangers is probably what i would go with it well there you, we can't, go. you can't say that we're not uh fair i would say well that's it we're trying <laughs> we're trying because <anyway. laughs> we're we're try honestly like whether you, you know whichever team you support like i really do appreciate anyone that watches these videos and if you're a Rangers fan that if you're a Rangers fan that enjoys my content, I appreciate the fact that you watch it and that you enjoy the content, and I want you to watch it more. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to do that, and we want to include more teams as we go on, as we get a better idea of how to, how to, how to kind of structure these and, and be more precise with not necessarily uh, going into Celtic and Rangers at, at like overly because yeah. as we spoke about so hopefully as we go on we get a more rhythm of it all we can talk more about Aberdeen and other teams more specifically what's going on throughout the league and stuff like that but yeah and that was really enjoyable and hopefully those predictions 
or half correct. <laughs> but we'll see you in the next video and cheers for watching.